It's all about your health, your wellness. Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Get healthier, get fit, eat better, have a richer quality of life. Health on the go. Staying well with Melanie Cole, MS. Well, everyone's heard horror stories about the pain involved in passing kidney stones. Well, what even really causes them, and can they be prevented? My guest is Dr. Charles Scales. He's the Assistant Professor of Surgery and Urology at Duke University. Welcome to the show, Dr. Scales. So first tell us what are kidney stones. That's a great question. Kidney stones are basically small rocks that form in the urine that are primarily composed of waste products our body doesn't need. A lot of people used to make rock candy when they were in elementary school, and they may remember that the small sugar crystals grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what's happening in the urine when a kidney stone forms. Okay, so really what happens? What causes them? Can they be prevented? They can. Um, What we know is that kidney stones have nearly doubled in prevalence in the United States over the past 15 years, and now they affect nearly one out of 11 people. But we know that kidney stone risk is very strongly associated with things like diet and lifestyle. So, for example, we know that if you're overweight or you're obese, that increases your risk of kidney stones. So does having things like diabetes um, and also a high-sodium diet as well can increase your risk of kidney stones. Dr. Scales, you know, there's a lot, it's a huge industry in the vitamin business, billions of dollars. People take, they hear about calcium supplements and vitamin D supplements. Can, can these things, as we start taking a couple of thousand IUs of vitamin D every day, increase our risk of kidney stones? That's a great question, especially for women who are after menopause and may be worried about osteoporosis. The evidence is a little bit um, contradictory about whether taking calcium supplements will increase your risk for a kidney stone. Certainly in postmenopausal women who take more than a thousand um, uh, I use a day of the calcium, that in some studies increases your risk of kidney stones. What I usually recommend for women that are interested in taking calcium supplements is they take them with food, which avoids sharp increases in the amount of calcium excreted in the blood. And what are the symptoms? You know, people get pain in their stomach or they say, oh, it's appendicitis or, oh, I hope it's not a kidney stone. You know, people don't know where this pain is going to be radiating from. What does it feel like? So kidney stone pain is excruciating, and in fact, I've had patients who have both had kidney stones and delivered children without anesthesia, and they have uniformly told me the kidney stone was worse. There are shooting pains typically in the back on one side or the other where the ribs connect to the backbone, and oftentimes it will shoot around to the front um, towards the middle and lower part of the belly. Um, It's often accompanied by nausea and vomiting. And the important thing to know is if you have a fever and kidney stone symptoms, that can be the sign of a life-threatening infection. And people in that case should go to the emergency room as quickly as possible. How do you treat kidney stones, Dr. Scales? Is there some, you know, like I said at the intro, we've heard horror stories about, oh, you're going to pass that stone and just wait till it passes, especially in men, you know, what is involved in treatment? Yep. So we have a lot of very good treatments for kidney stones. Most kidney stones, if they need removal, um, can be removed either using a laser and a small telescope, or they can be broken up using shockwave 
shockwaves that go through the body, and then the stone cracks into sand and just simply passes out. In rare cases, they can be removed through a small hole in the back. It's important, I think, to remember that kidney stones can be prevented. And one thing I tell people is that if if we treated heart disease like we treated people with kidney stones, we would only treat them if they had a heart attack or chest pain, and we would ignore everything that we know about prevention. And so I think that's one thing that doctors and patients really need to know is that these kidney stones can be prevented. And before we talk about some really good preventive ideas and techniques, if they're a small stone with minimal symptoms, if someone comes to you or they're in the emergency room and it's been diagnosed that this is, you know, not a huge one, then what? Then do you just kind of tell them to take a couple of Advil and wait it out? Well, you know, the good news is that a lot of people can pass a small kidney stone on their own without requiring a surgical intervention. And I think most people would often prefer to do that. One thing that we've learned over the past few years is medications like tamsulosin, um, which are FDA-approved to help men urinate better, um, as it turns out, also help pass kidney stones. And there's very good evidence for this, although it's not an FDA-approved indication for the medicine. Is it more painful for a man to pass it than a woman, Dr. Scales? Um, I, you know, I'm not sure of any good evidence on that, um, although some people think that women have a higher pain tolerance than many men, so that might uh, have to do with that concern as well. I'm quite sure that's probably true. <laughs> now let's talk about some preventive techniques. If we, if we were to keep hydrated, would that have any effect? Does exercise and what we put into our body nutrition, do those have any effect on the development of kidney stones? Those absolutely have important effects. And in fact, now that we're getting into the hot summer months, it's particularly important for people to stay well hydrated. What I recommend as a general recommendation for people that have stones or are worried about forming stones is to drink 10 or 12 8-ounce glasses of water every day. If a person doesn't have normal kidney function or they have heart failure, they should talk to their doctor about the appropriate amount of fluid to drink. But that's a good general starting point. We know so hydrating that. now, and and when you know sodium intake, and you mentioned something about this before, is this the salt that we're adding to our food, or are you talking about sodium that's in our processed foods? Well, I think with the greater amount of processed foods that we eat these days, we find more and more sodium um, in the food itself, and so even if you don't add salt to your food, you can unknowingly really take in a lot of sodium. The best evidence that we have is that. To really cut down on your risk of of stones, you want to have less than 1,200 milligrams daily in order to prevent stone formation. And the good news is that you're also doing a great thing for your heart and for your blood pressure because those low-sodium diets are, in general, good for your health. Dr. Scales, in just the last minute or a little bit more that we have left, give us your best advice for the lifestyle changes in prevention of kidney stones so that people don't have to worry about this. I think the best thing to do, and this is based on all the randomized trial evidence that we have, is to stay well hydrated, to make sure you have a diet that is low in sodium, uh, has a low amount of animal protein, You do want to actually have a moderate amount of calcium in your diet. Too much calcium or too little calcium is bad and will cause you to make a kidney stone. So it's sort of the Goldilocks phenomenon. You want to have it just right. So the RDA, the recommended daily allowance of calcium, is really where you want to aim. Now when we talk about 
oxalate-rich foods. And people don't really realize what some some foods that they should be restricting. Are there? Give us your advice on foods that you don't want us eating, and maybe foods that we should be eating. So it's important in terms of oxalate to think about foods such as nuts, um, green leafy vegetables, especially spinach and kale. So if someone is forming a lot of stones and they really want to cut back on those, otherwise the important thing is to make sure that you eat these foods in moderation. Well, that's a little bit of a of, of a backtrack from what we typically hear that, you know, spinach, Swiss chard, potatoes, with kale, that these things are all so, so very healthy for us. But if you're somebody who tends to form, what, calcium stones and things, then these are foods you just need to be a little bit careful of. True? That That's exactly right. So you just want to have, make sure you have moderation in those foods. And in particular, if you keep forming a lot of stones, you might want to cut back on those. But for the average person, they are they do have many health benefits in terms of vitamin K and other nutrients. And so moderation is the key, like many things in life. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Charles Scales. You're listening to Radio MD. If you missed any of the great information we're giving here, you can listen anytime on demand or on the go at RadioMD.com. This is Melanie Call. Thanks for listening and stay well. 